Hi and welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to Raw Chatter. I am your host and presenter, Vicky Midwood. This is season three of this podcast that will be talking about fitness, health, alcohol dependence, issues around food, body weight, body image, and all of the stuff related to how we feel about ourselves and in our own skin. I do hope you enjoy these episodes and I would love you to comment and connect with me on social media. If you get the opportunity to drop me a line, I'd also love to hear from you. It's Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y, at vickymidwood.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode four. Yes, season three, episode four. I don't know how that happened already. We're on episode four. Uh, It's Vicky Midwood here, your host. And today I'm talking about what we resist persists. And I know it's a cliche, but for those of you who maybe have not heard that saying, then I'm going to be sharing with you uh, all about alcohol and change and that sort of good stuff. So if you are someone who thinks that you perhaps are drinking a little bit too much and you're concerned about your intake, then you may find this episode helpful. If you are not somebody who has any issues whatsoever with alcohol, you still might find it helpful in terms of change. And thinking about other areas of your life where perhaps you've been telling yourself you want to do things differently. Um, Maybe you've been saying the same thing for donkey's years and yet you still find that you're not doing it because whether we're talking about alcohol or whether we're talking about other areas, whether it's finances, whether it's fitness, the same kind of stuff applies because when it comes to change, there is an art to it. And when we understand the acronym, which is ART, you can see why oftentimes we don't want to actually do what we say we're going to do, because it feels uncomfortable. And this is where we have to look at how we've been programmed, we have to look at our background, we have to look at our perceptions of things and our interpretations of things, because Ultimately, everything comes down to our own personal interpretations of what things mean, whether we're talking about words, whether we're talking about how other people think and feel and the actions that we take, we all interpret things slightly differently. And we all have our own perceptions of the meaning of certain words, and they're not the same. Right. And one of the biggest things, the the biggest kind of um, ahas, if you like, for me in in my journey of recovery was to actually be able to recognize that other people don't think like me. Now, I know it's really difficult for me to take on board. And and for the majority of my clients, that is a big stumbling block because we all have this idea, right? We are our own individual people. We we have our own brain in our own head and, and that, that brain is consistently thinking about stuff. We have got so much information coming in, coming at us all of the time from everywhere. And we have this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system, which if you like is a filter that just kind of filters through the stuff that's important to us. Now, here's the thing. 
that filter has been programmed from you being a tiny little person and actually from you being inside your mummy's tummy, right? Because what is relevant to you is stuff that you have picked up and learnt that is relevant to you before you were even consciously aware of it which means that we are going to have interpretations of things and we're going to have perceptions of things right back from our childhood that we don't necessarily recognize that we have. And so this means that oftentimes we might be resisting stuff and we don't understand why. So I want you to kind of know that first of all, if you feel that you are resisting changing, that you are resisting doing something that you keep saying you want to do but you just find that you you just can't do it or you're finding every excuse in the world not to do it then it may well be that it's programming from years ago that you don't even know is there okay and what we do know is that what we resist will persist and this is something that again I help my clients to understand the the more the more we don't want to face up to something, the more we kind of try and run away from it, and the more we try and hide from it, the louder it's going to come knocking on your door, right? And oftentimes, it starts off with a bit of a whisper, okay? In terms of alcohol dependence, often we have a clue that we're not doing so well because our sleep gets affected. And then our energy levels the next morning get affected. Over time, we may have issues with our gut, right? And so if your sleep is being affected, if your energy levels are pretty, pretty low and you're having issues with your gut and you have an inkling or you know that you are drinking more than is sensible and healthy for your body, then you may kind of already be fully aware that these are symptoms that are giving you a clue. It's time to do something about it. but what do we do? We tell ourselves, well, you know what? I'm not sleeping because I've got a lot on, right? I've got a lot of stress. You wouldn't sleep if you had all of the things on your mind that I do. So we think about making up excuses or reasons or justifying why we're not sleeping because we don't want it to be the thing that we are reluctant, (coughs) excuse me, to change our behavior around. (coughs) And if it is alcohol, then, you know, keep on listening. It might not be, it might be caffeine. It might be sugar. It might be energy drinks. It might be something other than alcohol. So please keep an open mind. If if it's not alcohol, then it doesn't have to be. But the point is that if you're not sleeping, it's a clue. If you haven't got the energy that you feel that you want to, if you're not waking up and looking forward to the day, if your mood is kind of, oh God, you know what, I need two cups of coffee just coffee just to function and get out of bed and, and face the day, then chances are you need to look at what you're doing on a daily basis. If your gut isn't working well, well, here's the thing. And for those of you who who already know this, it doesn't harm to hear it again. Alcohol annihilates the lining of your gut, right? Your gut is just so important for everything. And, and I know there's a lot of people now talking about gut health like it's something new. It's nothing new at all. 
right? As, uh, for those of you who've heard uh, me do previous podcasts, I've already shared, I've been in the world of health and fitness for 32 years, right? We were talking about gut health back then. But everybody thought back then that people like me who were talking about it were kind of weirdo, woo-woo people, right? At the end of the day, Hippocrates was talking about it years ago. All disease begins in the gut, right? It's a classic quote. It's not new. When he spoke about all disease beginning in the gut, he was talking about mental wellness as well as physical wellness, right? And yet we seem to have got this idea that this is new, that the that the head and the body are, are not separate. It's not new, right? You only have to look in the mirror, okay? I think last time I looked in the mirror, my head was definitely attached to my body, right? My mental well-being is not separate from my physical well-being. My physical well-being will affect my mental well-being, no doubt about it, right? Hippocrates knew that 500 years AD, is it new? No, right? But we're talking about it like it is, and it's not. Um, unfortunately, to a lot of GPs and a lot of people in the medical world, it would appear that it's new to them because we are coming out now with, with more uh, actual, factual science. But just because we didn't have case studies and we didn't have you know, the kind of research studies that tick all of the boxes that they like doesn't mean to say that all of the stuff that I've been talking about for, for in terms of gut health for the last 32 years was incorrect. It absolutely wasn't, right? And there are hundreds and thousands of practitioners, functional medicine practitioners, Chinese practitioners, Ayurvedic practitioners, integrative health practitioners, who all know without a shadow of a doubt, the importance of gut function. And it's where your immune function resides. 70% of your immune system is in your gut, folks. So if you are drinking alcohol and you keep getting ill and you're picking up the latest cold and the latest virus and or else you feel like you're, you're never 100%, you're always coming down with something, then, then the likelihood is that, yeah, it's the damage that's been caused to your gut lining by alcohol. It will affect your hormones. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. Again, hormones made in the gut, the liver function, it plays a massive role in the production of hormones, all hormones. So when we talk hormones, just as an aside, folks, I'm not just talking about your sex hormones, right? Every single thing that happens in your body, right, is orchestrated by messengers and messengers are hormones, Okay, so we have messengers that tell us how to regulate our body temperature, that help us to um, make sure that we eat when we're hungry, that keep us hydrated, so they give us thirst signals. We've got messages that messengers that tell our body to do everything. Right. If you're cold, you will put an extra layer of clothing on. If you're too hot, you'll take it off. If you're thirsty, you'll have a drink of water. Every single thing that your body is able to do is because of hormones, is because of messengers, right? That that talk, right? From your nervous system, your brain, your gut, your liver, your heart, your lungs, your limbs, everything. Okay. So when it comes to our alcohol intake, does that mean that our mood will be affected? Yes. Will it affect anxiety? Massively. Okay. So for people who are drinking because they believe that it calms them down and helps them to relax, well, a small amount might do for a short period of time. 
But if you continue to keep on drinking, then you will end up being more and more and more anxious. Okay. And then we fall into this crazy cycle of, oh, feel more anxious. So have a drink. It will calm me down. And actually that is not what is happening, right? It's making you more anxious as a result. So what you resist persists. I'm coming back to that now is because we tend to make up excuses about our gut not being very well because maybe we've eaten something that wasn't quite right or us not sleeping so well because well you know what I've got a lot on and, a, and a, there's a lot of stress going on and you wouldn't sleep if you had everything on your plate that I've got on mine right we make up these excuses because we believe that we have to stop doing something and this is what I want you to kind of take on board if you're going to make changes, it doesn't mean that you have to just stop doing something that you believe you enjoy. And for a lot of people, drinking is something that they enjoy. And just because I don't drink and I haven't had a drink for over 17 years, I'm in my 18th year now, it doesn't mean to say that I am totally anti-alcohol, right? I don't smoke either. But I'm not totally anti-smoking. I don't like it. I think it stinks. I think it makes people's breath smell and hair smell and clothes smell like an ashtray, right? But I'm not one of these warriors that is going around and tell you what you should and shouldn't do because it's, it is your life and it is your body and it is your choice. However, if you know that it's causing you problems and you are resistant to doing something about it, usually it's because you've got some very limiting and false beliefs, usually based on myths running through your head. So what I want to do is help you to understand that the more you resist doing something that your body and your brain want you to do, then the louder are going to be the messages and the signals that you need to do something about it. In other words, the more resistance you put up, the more persistent your body is going to be until it gets what ideally it wants. Now, for some people, it can be a bit drastic, right? In my case, it definitely was. Um, so my body was telling me, it was giving me so many signals that I needed to look at what I was doing in terms of my drinking. But the honest truth was, I was resisting at every single level because I didn't know how I could live without alcohol. And so I went straight to, I have to stop. Right? That needs to be the only thing. And for me, I tried to cut down. I absolutely had. I tried a million times to cut down and I promised myself that today I would have less. Right Today it would only be, I won't give, oh, I'm not going to go into um, the actual amounts that I drank because I don't want anybody kind of using it as some kind of comparison. Um, but, you know, I would cut down on, on the amount of wine I had or I cut down on the amount of beers that I had. And maybe I did for a day or two, but then it would soon escalate back up. Um, and what was my norm over time got higher and higher and higher and higher. And if you've got a dependence with alcohol, that's how it begins, right? Nobody sets out to become dependent on alcohol. Nobody sets out to become dependent on caffeine or energy drinks or diet drinks because they are like pretty darn addictive and they're, they're meant to be, right? The manufacturers want you to keep on drinking them so you'll buy more, it makes them more profit. Right, but no one sets out to become addicted, right? These things give us something, 
right? And in my case, alcohol just allowed me to feel a little bit more confident. It allowed me to to actually participate in conversations where normally I'd just say nothing and just listen because I didn't think I had anything worthwhile to contribute. So my philosophy to myself was, if you haven't got anything to say that's worth listening to, say nothing. But that meant that my partner at the time basically accused me of of um being far too quiet uh and and you know i needed to sort of participate more so i would drink a little bit more loosen my tongue that's how it began right i didn't i didn't set out to become addicted and dependent on alcohol that is how i ended up right but what i recognized was that i enjoyed the feeling right it felt good and it allowed me to feel more confident and the more confident i felt the more good the more the better about myself I felt, the more I felt that I needed to have a drink to maintain that. And so suddenly alcohol became something that I did on a daily basis. And then the amounts just gradually over time, not crazily, not like from one extreme, but over time escalated. And I was drinking when I was 13 and I was going out to pubs when I was 13. Why? Because I was the only one in our little group who looked old enough and could get served right and that's why and so for me you know three glasses of wine on a night out with my school friends Saturday night obviously not a school night would be something where I remember sitting going home on the bus thinking you know what this feels nice this feels just nice and that was kind of like three three small back then I'm talking four four ounces was a glass of wine um was 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 it and and I was fine with that and I stuck with that for a long period of time but when I was trying to stop, right, I was resisting stopping completely because my brain was saying, you don't know how to do this. And this is where I want to come back to what you resist persists. The reason why a lot of times we resist doing stuff is because we're going about it the wrong way. We don't know how to do it. And most people start off with action and trying to stop doing something. And that's backwards, right? Right back at the start of this, I said there was an art to change. There was an art to helping yourself to stop resisting. And first of all, you have to be aware of why you're doing something, right? The A stands for awareness. Why am I drinking? Why am I turning to Diet Coke or caffeine? Or why am I doing this? Maybe it's OCD behavior that you're doing, right? Why am I doing this? What is it giving me? Or what am I telling myself it's giving me? Because what it's actually giving you and what you're telling yourself it's giving you may not be the same thing. So that's the first thing to do. Get really honest. Get really honest with yourself. You don't have to share it with anybody else. But get honest with yourself. Why am I doing this? Is it making me feel more connected to other people? Is it doing what it did for me? Is it making me feel more confident and able to participate in social activities, right? <clears throat> is it allowing me? To, is it making me just numb out so I can switch my brain off? Maybe you're somebody who's got um, ADHD and your brain is forever like flitting from here, there, and everywhere. And maybe alcohol just helps you just kind of dampen down that chatter and calm it down. So get honest with yourself, first of all, right? Before you jump into taking action, know why you do what you do. Then you have to take responsibility for what it is actually giving you. How is it really making you feel? So the R in R is taking responsibility. Taking responsibility for the fact that you have created a pattern or a habit 
Intentionally, probably not, no, right? A habit and a pattern and a dependence happens because we keep repeating something that gives us something that we want and something that we like. And so the brain remembers it and it goes, hey, when you felt like this last time, you had a drink and then you felt better. So go do that. Go have a drink. And that's how it begins, right? As I said, no one sets off to become dependent on anything, okay? It gave us something. The brain remembers. When we feel that we need that thing again, the brain pokes us and says, hey, go do it. Guess what? It works, right? And here's the thing. No one's addicted to food or alcohol or drugs or anything, shopping, gambling, whatever it happens to be, sex, if it didn't give us something, right? Because the brain is it plays tricks on us and it lies to us, right? But it's not daft. If if you didn't like it, right, your brain wouldn't remember it and make you do it again. It'd say, no, don't do that. That didn't work, right? That was awful. It was horrible, right? Don't, 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 don't. Just don't do it again, okay? But it doesn't say that when it comes to alcohol. It doesn't say that when it comes to certain foods. And for some people, it's shopping, it's gambling, it's caffeine, whatever it is. So we have to take responsibility that unwittingly we have created a habit pattern, okay? We've created associations. So it may well be like if you're a smoker that you that you always have a cigarette with that first cup of coffee. I mean, I used to, right? It may well be that you have an association that you have a cigarette when you're on the telephone, okay? Those were two powerful things for me, as was getting in the car and driving. Yes, I'm afraid to say that my car stank. Um, and I, I thought, oh, I open the window, it'll be fine. No, your car still smells. Um, but this is where you have associations. And now suddenly, we've got the brain telling you to do the thing because it wants to change how it feels. We've also got an association and a trigger, if you like, where you see that thing and you do the behavior. And so now we've got to take responsibility that actually we have created that. Nobody made us, right? We did it and the brain has poked us and prodded us to keep on doing it. That's true, right? But but nobody's made us do it. And then you can choose to take responsibility for doing something different. Now, I'm not an advocate of you just going, right, I'm going to stop it, right? Because you can't. You probably tried, right? It's too hard to just suddenly stop doing something. It it feels horrible. It feels really, really uncomfortable. It feels it feels like oh, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, it's it's just a really horrible space and place to be in. So we've got to think about what kind of things can we do instead, right? And one of the things that I help people to understand is that if you're working with me, I don't expect you to suddenly stop doing the behavior straight away, right? If you could do that, you wouldn't be coming to me for help, okay? If if it was that simple. So what we have to do is look at, okay, so now we've found out why we're doing it. What potentially could we do that would give us a similar feeling? Okay. And it's not going to be the same. And it never will be because it's, it's, a substitute is not the real thing. End of story. Okay. But what you can find is that there are different and alternative behaviors that you can start to explore and start to try that actually mean that the power and the pull of the thing that you thought you had to have right, is not as strong. And it takes time and it takes a little bit of practice and it takes you being willing to have a go and for it to work sometimes and not others. 
and that's okay. And this is where the more you can allow yourself to understand that the more you resist making any changes whatsoever, the more the thing will persist until you do. And it might persist to the extent that they'll give you a heart attack or it'll give you cancer and you've got no opportunity and no choice but to do anything but change pretty damn sharpish and pretty drastically. Now, that is extreme. Do you need to wait till it gets to that? I would recommend not, right? It's better if you don't. But you can start to help yourself to understand what other things work for you. There is no one size fits all, but you can certainly try doing different behavior patterns. And oftentimes by getting rid of the associations that we have, we can actually take away a lot of the power for the actual thing. What do I mean by that? Well, for somebody who who said to me that, that they've got a massive issue with with biscuits, right? We rec we recognise that they drank a lot of tea. So if we change the trigger, we change the drink. So they didn't drink tea throughout the day. They drank a different drink. Guess what? They didn't eat the biscuits. It wasn't the biscuits that we stopped them from eating right? We just changed the drink. And when they changed the tea, so they used to have tea with milk, like builder's tea, and they would dunk, right? And then once they started dunking, then a packet was gone and that was that. And sometimes that would happen two times a day, sometimes three times a day. Okay, so obviously you can imagine that it was something that they were like, oh, and weight was going on and, and energy was was not cool and it was having an effect on all kinds of things. So you can understand. But this is where the thing is not necessarily the thing. So if alcohol dependence is your thing, do you do you focus on the alcohol? No. We focus on what are the associations? What are the patterns of behavior that you have got that associate that you associate with having a drink? Because maybe we can change those and then you don't need to have that drink because now we've gotten rid of that powerful trigger. And this is where I'm going to invite you to look at what are you resisting? Because if you actually can turn into it and face up to it, rather than trying to run away, A, it'll stop persisting so violently and so loudly. But B, you will give yourself the opportunity to recognize that change does not have to be as hard as you think. There is an art to it. Okay. And if you want to have a conversation with me about how we can help you to discover what is the best thing for you to start to change so that you can feel more in control of your behaviors and your patterns and your thinking, then I'd love you to get in touch with me. Just jump onto my website, vickimidwood.com and just book in a call. Alternatively, you can connect with me on social media. That's Vicky Midwood on Facebook. It's Vicky Midwood on LinkedIn. It's Vicky Midwood on Twitter. And it's Vicky underscore Go Figure Coaching on Instagram. I would love to hear from you personally. If you would like to drop me a line, then absolutely do. My email is Vicky at VickyMidwood.com. That's V I C K Y. Don't be shy in reaching out for a conversation. There is no judgment here, right? Anything that you share is in complete confidence. What I want you to understand is that the more you try and resist doing what your body and brain want you to do in terms of looking after them, yourself and your health, the more it will keep on persisting until you do. Try and make that sooner rather than later. 
you only have one body. Look after it because it's looking after you. Have a great day and thank you for watching and listening. Until the next one. Bye-bye.